How are we doing, Fight Talk podcast fans? We're back this week, finally talking some fights. We've been uh, over on Twitch the last few weeks, just kind of kicking it, talking wrestling. But you know, we couldn't uh, we could not talk about this UFC 266 card this weekend. We got some rematches. We got a couple title fights, names all over the place. I'm John Mosley. Back, uh, back with the man himself, uh, Stephen Jensen. Man, uh, how are you feeling with the uh, with the big time pay per view just a few days away, bro? Dude, I'm pumped up. As most people who listen to this know, Nick Diaz is my favorite fighter ever. So, like, yeah. it is great to see that he's going to return. Obviously, it isn't real until he's right there in the octagon on Saturday night. But my hopes are up. I hope this this is in fact happening. Uh, and the rest of the card is really solid. I mean, this is a great pay per view. Got some good prelims as well. So I am pumped up, man. What about you? I couldn't say it any better myself. Strike Force Nick, like that's how like minute I can be. My favorite fighter of all time may very well be Strike Force Nick Diaz. Uh, I'd already been into MMA and obviously was a huge fan, but. You know, seeing that run in strike force, I just so excited, so uh, so ready to see him back in this cage, especially. And there was someone we also are huge fans of, Robbie Lawler. Nothing but respect for that guy. So a huge, uh, huge rematch that would be a main event on just about any other any other card, any other place. But uh, we've got two title fights on top of it with Nick and Lawler two in the middle. Um, I can't wait, man. This is one that feels like we've had some good fight nights, but it, for whatever reason, maybe it's just how busy I've been. And it feels like it's been a while since I've been this excited. Um, especially with, with these other fights, these other title fights, man. Um, uh, have you watched any of the new ultimate fighter with, uh, with Volkanovsky and Ortega at all? I did not watch any of it, to be okay. honest. And although I am very much looking forward to this fight, like stylistically, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, but I, I, the only the only way they could get me to watch the Ultimate Fighter at this point is they'd have to do it live again, like that one season. Yes. Um, that's really the only thing that could draw me in at this point. I just I just don't care enough about like the reality TV aspect and all that. Fair. But 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 how did you feel about it? Did you get to watch any of it? Kind of. It's I'm gonna finish it. Like I'm gonna obviously I'm gonna finish it um, because of the fight. Uh, I, I don't this season. I don't want to say it's boring because it's not. It's like there's been some good fights. Um, Obviously, I love both these guys as coaches. I really love seeing them both uh, with the, with their uh, their students or however you want to say with the competitors. But um, it has, man. Like I love those first, I don't know, ten, twelve seasons where it's like a lot of them in the house and kind of pranking each other. Like maybe more of the interactions outside of the of the cage. Um, I'm going back. Actually, I'm going back right now, and I'm I'm watching those first few like. I think I'm up to uh, I'm up to the season with Rashad and Rampage at season ten, uh, and man, it's it's been a lot of fun. That's kind of what got me to watch this new season, but uh, it, it definitely has me ready for the fight. I mean, I would have been anyway. Uh, two great fighters, two championship caliber fighters. Uh, of course, you know T City won. Uh, I love how calm he is. He, you know, we saw him in a movie, man, Tax Collector, the guy. Uh, getting out and doing uh doing more outside of the cage but last time we saw him man october 2020 of course the win over chan soon young great fight we both were enjoyed seeing that um how are you feeling about t-city coming in as the challenger now uh in there with with alexander volkanovsky who man what we've just seen him kind of uh you know the last fight with max was a lot closer but two wins over max holloway in a row man super impressive yeah, I mean, both these guys are, like, top of their game right now. This is definitely the right title fight at Featherweight uh, for this show. So, like, I love the matchup. Ortega looked really impressive beating Korean Zombie in his last fight. Um, really, Ortega's looked great his whole UFC run outside yes. of that fight with Max Holloway. Um, and Max Holloway, as you just said, he's proven he's still... He's still like, the guy. Yeah, I mean, depending on the, the judges, like... He could be the champion right now. I mean, it, it was very close, that second fight with him and Volkanovski. Now, granted, I did have Volkanovski winning both fights. Like, I think that I think the right decision was made in both of right. the fights. But I wouldn't have, like, you know, I wouldn't have been upset at all if, if it would have went Holloway's way the second time. Because I would have been like, you know what? Like, that's, it was so close that I can't argue that. Um, so that said, Holloway is still... In my opinion, he's yeah, he he's still the number one contender because Hallway, he just recently 
uh, beat the hell out of Calvin Cater. And that was a really good fight, but like Holloway clearly won. And, you know, so Holloway is really probably the number one contender still. Um, I don't know if he's actually booked for anything anytime soon. I know he was supposed to fight Yair Rodriguez um, earlier this year, and that one got postponed because Yair is hurt. Um, so I think they're supposed to run that fight still, but if they don't, I feel like Holloway very well could, you know, he's still right there in the mix. So that said, Volkanovski Ortega as a prediction. I do think before you even say, I do think T city, I want to say I saw in a, uh, maybe it was an interview or just something that he did say, you know, he's going to win this title obviously this weekend. And then his first fight, he wants to fight Max again. So at least that's what, uh, what T city saying. Okay. And, and that, that would make sense. I mean, it just depends on how it all goes down. Like, yeah, if it's a close fight, I could see Volkanovski yeah. getting another rematch because like Holloway got rematches against him. Um, I could see, you know, I could see a lot of scenarios, but I, I like that Ortega has it in his head already. Like I'm willing to fight Holloway again. Like I want to beat this guy. Um, and that, that, that means a lot. Cause it would, it would be a totally different vibe if he was like, I'm going to win this title. And like, I mean, I've already fought Max Holloway. I want to fight someone different. We'd all be like, <laughs> wait a second. That doesn't sound good. Um, okay. But, uh, but I like hearing that. And, you know, I, I really want to see Holloway versus Yair. Like, I think that fight would yeah, be just bro. incredible. But if for whatever reason they can't make that happen soon, Holloway, in my opinion, is the number one contender right now. So that said, man. Ugh, this is a tough one to call. I think Ortega has the much better chance on the ground. I think that that's probably pretty obvious. Um, Ortega's hands have definitely gotten better right. over his last few fights, um, especially when he knocked out Frankie Edgar with that uppercut. That was like that that showed Shocked a lot because yeah, because yeah. Edgar that Edgar is not an easy guy to to take out like that. Um, but Volkanovski's striking has just been really, really damn crisp. And he has he just has really great traditional boxing. I think his striking is better than Ortega's. I think Ortega's proven that he's gotten he's gotten a lot better at it, but I think Volkanovski's gonna have a pretty big advantage there. And since the fight starts on the feet, you know, and Volkanovski has good takedown defense, uh, but or you know, it's tough. It's one of those things where it's like pretty clear line in the sand for me like if this is if this is mainly standing i'm going volkanovsky if it hits the ground i'm going ortega um that said i also know i mean volkanovsky's gas tank has been really really good um ortega has good conditioning as well but like the last time he really had to like be in deep waters was Holloway, and Holloway like really beat him down so like I guess I guess at the end of the day, I have more questions about Ortega than I do Volkanovski. So I'm going to go Volkanovski with the win here. Uh, but I love the stylistic matchup because I think stylistically speaking, Ortega probably has the best chance of beating Volkanovski, even though the Holloway rematch was was a split decision. Obviously, Holloway had, can, can, he's proven he can beat Volkanovski as well, potentially. But like because of Ortega's skill set and especially him on the ground, I think that could provide the most problems for Volkanovski because I think most of the other top dogs in that division are going to be really, really good strikers, but Volkanovski might be a better striker than those guys. So like, he's always going to have a really good chance on the feet when it hits the ground with Ortega. I don't know at all if he can hang on the ground. I I doubt he can with Ortega. So like, but I'm just, I'm taking Volkanovski. I just think it's going to be mainly a stand-up fight, and we've seen him outstrike Holloway, and I think that Holloway is a better striker than Ortega, as we saw when they fought. So for those reasons, I got to go Volkanovski. I know you're a big Ortega guy, though, so I'm I'm interested to see what you think here. No, you you nailed it, man, bro. The the biggest question: Brian Ortega's one loss, as we've mentioned a couple times now. Max Holloway, Dr. Stoppage, TKO, got pieced up a little bit, bro. Uh, he looked tough as nails against Free and Zombie, but Alexander Volkanovsky going to have hands, got that power. That's the biggest question. You know he's going to get those hands. You know T-City's going to get touched a little bit. Can he withstand and, and, and get to the ground, get that submission attempt, do what he's got to do? Because um, I, I think that's... Without a doubt, his best chance of winning it. Do I think Brian Ortega can 
can put Volkanovski down on the feet. Absolutely. Anything can happen in a fight. You mentioned it, Frankie Edgar, one of the, I mean, if you're making me just as a fan, uh, you know, my, my Mount Rushmore of tough fighters, like Frankie Edgar at, at first thought might be on that because of all the wars we've seen him in. I mean, yeah. so, so many times we thought Frankie was out and he'd come back and win. Yeah. Um, and he put that man down. So we know the hands are there. Can he survive being touched by Volkanovski? My mood has changed over and over. As the time of this recording, I think I'm going to take Brian Ortega. Um, I think he will withstand. I think there's a chance. I, don't, I think maybe Volkanovski thinks he's got him down. Maybe goes in thinking it's some ground and pound. T-City, maybe a little possum and gets a submission victory. That's kind of where I'm thinking now. But uh, again, I can't stress enough how just a coin flip of a fight this feels just a couple of days out. Yeah, I, I totally agree, man. Like, it, it's a really, really tough one to call. And that's a good thing. Like, it's a this is a great matchup. And as far as, like, the rankings go, you have, let me pull up uh, Featherweight. So you've got Volkanovski is the champion, obviously. You have Holloway ranked number one, which, as we've said, still makes sense considering how close the fights with Volkanovski were. Right under him is Ortega. I mean, so, like, this is really the fight that makes the most sense for the division. Yeah. So it's, like, this this makes all the sense in the world. It's just a matter of, like we're both saying, most likely is, it gonna, you know, will, will it be Volkanovski's stand-up or will it be Ortega's ground, ground game? Uh We'll see. And I, and I do think it's interesting also because, like, Ortega did change a lot about his, like, kind of camps and preparation and everything before the, the Korean zombie fight. Right. And he looked to be in, like, a, like a way better version of himself. So I'll be interested to see if he comes in looking even better because, I mean, Ortega very well could win the title. I think that's a really damn close. I'm leaning, like, 60-40 for Volkanovski, but that that's, that's like, how close it is. It's It's... Very, very tough to call. Um, so, yeah, th- this is going to be a great fight. And uh, I've got Volkanovski, you've got Ortega. Yeah, uh, cannot wait for this one. That's your main event. Uh, featherweight title on the line. Moving on to the co-main, though. This is really is. It's a triple main event card, bro. They, they're doing us right. Shout out, Dana. Uh, women's flyweight title on the line. Our champion, Valentina Shevchenko, defending the title once again, man. Uh, talking about talking about Valentina real quick has not lost since 2017 which was to Amanda Nunes in a super du- I mean one of the closest fights I think I've ever seen um since then just rattling off wins over names most recently defended this title back in April of this year over Jessica Andrade in a a finish in the second round for Valentina in there against Lauren Murphy bro who's the uh, same way man hasn't lost in 2018 since then, she has won one, two, three, four, five in a row, including a split decision win over uh, JoJo, Joanna uh, uh, Calderwood, Joanne Calderwood, just a couple of months ago back in June. So Murphy's been active. Uh, can't wait for the fight, though. I- I'm excited because I'm always excited to see Valentina Shevchenko, though this one feels uh, not as close to call as that top because of the caliber of Shevchenko. I mean, I'll just be honest. I think we both said this and that we kind of agreed that outside of Amanda Nunes, I'm not sure who I would pick against Valentina right now. And that'd be tough to call. bro. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Outside of, outside of Nunez, I don't think anyone in the UFC is going to beat Shevchenko. I just nope. don't. Um, are there Perfect. women, are there women that possibly could like maybe, but like that, that'd be like saying, you know, if I were, if I were to look at like, uh, like Shevchenko versus Lauren Murphy, I guess, a good example of this fight. Like, do I think it's possible Lauren Murphy might be able to win, like, one out of ten against her? Like, maybe. I think it's maybe. possible. But, like, there's that. There's no chance in hell I'm picking Shevchenko to lose this fight. Yeah. Um, and once again, it would have to be Nunez. She's the only one that I think is even... And, the, and that would be a question, too, of which weight they fought at, right? Yeah, for sure. Because... Shevchenko's optimal weight is clearly flyweight, and mm-hmm. Nunez, you know, she's been a beast at, at bantamweight and featherweight. Um, yeah, I, I'd imagine they'd have to fight at bantamweight again. Um, but once again, that's kind of a disadvantage to Shevchenko because she's better at flyweight. Um, so it's so it, it's tough. Um, but but that's really the only matchup that I think is like super interesting for Shevchenko. Now yeah. that said, I think Laura Murphy is the right opponent. 
for this show. Like, I'm glad she's getting her opportunity. She's deserved it for a minute. Um, she's a very, very good fighter. And when you look at those rankings, you got Shevchenko at one. You got Andrade at two, who she's already beat. You got Shukagian at, uh, underneath that. She's already beat. Jennifer Maya is ranked underneath Lauren Murphy. Lauren Murphy is, you got, you got Andrade, uh, Chukagian, then you got Murphy, then you got Maya, who Shevchenko's beaten already. Yep. Um, you know, so it's like when you look at those top five names there, Shevchenko's beaten everyone except for Lauren Murphy. So like, and Lauren Murphy's won five fights in a row. So like this, this fight totally makes sense. I'm glad Shevchenko can continue to stay active. Like, you know, I want her fighting. I, I, I want to watch her fight. I, I'm really entertained by her. Um, I got to see her live in uh, in Chicago when she knocked out Jessica I with that head kick. Yeah. It's just like so one of the most brutal things I've ever seen live at a sporting event. Like that was like, whoa, that 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 sounded like a gunshot going off in the, the uh, arena that night when she kicked her in the head. That was nuts. Um, but yeah, Shochenko, she's just too well-rounded. She's too good. Um, Laura Murphy, very, very good fighter. Glad she's getting her opportunity, but there's just no, once again, unless it was Shochenko versus Nunez, in which case, like, I'd have to really think about it. If it's anyone but Nunez, I'm just, I'm going to default to, I think Shochenko is going to win. Like, I just don't see any of these other women beating her. Um, she's just on another level. And, uh, and that's that, really. I mean, I I, I yep. think it's, you know, and I mean it as a compliment and nothing against Lauren Murphy at all. Right. Like I, once again, I can't stress it enough. She deserves this shot and she she can win. But. I mean, we're talking about. Like if Amanda Nunez doesn't exist, we're talking about Shevchenko as potentially like the goat in women in women's fighting. You know what yeah. I mean? No, you literally you took the words out of my mouth. I was about to say. Uh, Shevchenko is the clear-cut second-best female fighter um, mm-hmm. to somebody that you and I both agree doesn't matter gender or whatever. Like we both think Amanda Nunes is in that that goat discussion if we're just yeah. talking pound for pound. So that's the levels to this. No disrespect, Lauren Murphy, super tough. Glad she's getting a championship purse, getting this stage, but. Man, it, it, Valentina Shevchenko is just bad news bears all around. Uh, I totally expect her to to retain this weekend. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it'd be a huge moment and a huge. Um, it'd be absolutely massive for for Lauren Murphy's career if she could pull off the win. The one thing that we always have to consider too is like, if any of these women, if any of them beat Shevchenko, then they're going to get an automatic rematch against Shevchenko. And yeah. like it's going to build both names as, as potential stars. So it could help the division that to have Shevchenko lose one of these days, but she's just one of those. She's just, she's just too good. She's become an outlier. She's, she's, it's like her. And then just the rest of the division are just on two different levels. And, um, and I think it's, by the way, I don't think that's a negative thing. I think it's pretty awesome yeah, to be able to witness great. greatness like this. So, so yeah, we're both on the same page. Shevchenko pretty easy prediction. Yeah, yeah, big, big retain, and still, uh, we expect for Valentina. Moving on, man, to the one, uh, the, the people's main event, if you will. You're always, you're big on that, and it's right, man. This is the one, I think, the the clips on YouTube show it, man. Uh, the uh, the first episode of Countdown dropped, and, you know, the Diaz Lawler 2 video is, like, far and away getting the most views. Uh, our boy uh, Nick Diaz back in action has not fought since January of 2015 when he, well, it wound up being a no contest with Anderson Silva. Um, still one of the craziest fights, you know. You know Anderson Silva again. We're talking about goats. Just that run he had, um, and you have Nick laying down in the cage in that fight and his antics. Um, before that, of course, losses to GSP and Carlos Condit. Want to shout out Carlos Condit? Uh, you know recently retired but um three losses or two losses in a no contest in a row for nick hasn't fought again 2015 back in here for the rematch with robbie lawler these two met excuse me these two met all the way back 2004 ufc 47 a night that anyone that saw the clip we know we i mean i'll never forget that fight Robbie Lawler knocked out in the second round by Nick Diaz. This put Nick at nine and two career record. That again tells you how just young this guy was back in 2004. Uh, the rematch, literally, you know, nearly 20 years in the making. Um, and, and Robbie, man, in those years, bro, we've seen Robbie become a champion. We've seen Robbie 
have some of the best fights ever. Of course, his fight with Rory, that that fight with that with Condit again that we you know talked about um, since then, right? Though the Condit fight back in 2016, but a lot of losses. The Ben Askren fight was one of the wildest fights we've ever seen. Um, still, though, lost to Neil Magny recently. It's the most recent fight, I should say, which was over a year ago. Last uh, last August of 2020 um, was the last time we saw Robbie. So, all that said, man, Diaz Lawler two. Um, I don't know. Have you have you seen any of the countdown stuff yet with Nick? No, I haven't. Okay. I, I definitely will. I'll, I will yes. watch before the fights, though. Yeah, I, I, I just ask uh, because he definitely seems. I mean, obviously, he's you know he's got to mature. He's this is a thirty. Was he thirty eight? Yeah, thirty eight year old Nick Diaz. Now he's he could tell, man. He's confident. He, he's calm. It's um, it's not the you know, pissed off Nick Diaz, which we all know Nick hated the business side, the interviews and all that. He just wanted to fight. So uh, seeing Nick have a camera in his face and kind of being calm and and really just talking about the respect and, and the love of martial arts, man, it's really cool. And it's also it just seeing the growth in someone, again, that we've literally seen, you know, as a fan of Nick Diaz, seeing this man grow up. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. I mean, I didn't realize he was only 38 still too. I mean, I say yeah. only, but well, like, yeah, yeah. 38 years old, just turned 38 too a month ago. Cause yeah, he would have been like around my age, the age I am now when he got that suspension the last time he fought. Yep. I mean, like it's weird kind of when he, that kind of perspective, like, I mean, first of all, obviously, I mean, I think Nick was just robbed so much of, of, so much money and, and all the things he could have been doing uh, and all the fights he could have had in this last six years. But we don't have to get into the whole conversation about the, the suspensions and right. and all that, but like anyone listening, I'm sure, you know, and if you don't look it up, but like, it's wild that he got that five-year suspension for weed and then basically like got it reversed, but then still just like stayed away from the sport for so long. Cause it was just yeah. like, I mean, he probably just, was just over dealing with all the bullshit like he's like i can't even smoke weed without like having to deal with all this bullshit like i'm risking my life for y'all yeah for real in five years like he was clearly targeted like that was such a bullshit was, i mean it's bullshit to spend anyone for thc to begin with but like to give him five years and just try to make an example out of him like that is just it was all ridiculous um i saw nick baldwin from the score tweet something out today that i thought was interesting says, guess how many months are between the first and second Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler fight? Guess how many months it's been? Oh, Lord. I mean, I know it's, it's like, impossible to do the math, but, like, um, the answer is 209. <laughs> oh! So, there you go. Um, it's all making sense. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I love this matchup. I, I love the rematch. I mean, we saw this 17 years ago. As you mentioned, with when Nick Diaz wow. knocked out Robbie, and at the time that was an upset. I remember. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Uh, the, everyone, everyone thought Robbie was going to knock Nick out. I mean, we, we we talk so much about Nick, but Robbie going into that fight, I mean, he had knocked out. He had just beat Chris Lytle, a uh, decision, but he had put down um, Steve Berger. That was a big TKO finish. Um, he had knocked out Tiki, uh, put him at seven and zero. Tiki so, Yeah, Tiki. Yeah, so. Nick definitely he he talks about I can't wait for you to watch this cat and talks about how you know he's an underdog and everyone was gonna say Robbie was gonna knock him out and that was really uh there's a great video of Joe Rogan talking about that's kind of the first time you saw like the Nick Diaz we would know um you know in that run of Elite XC and Strike Force of just stomping down and saying Stockton motherfucker that really kind of is where that really begun at least from a um uh, in front of the camera standpoint, you know, uh, for us as viewers. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he definitely, his attitude definitely changed and he saw himself as like that he could be a big star in the sport around yeah. that time. Um, the, you, you know, mentioned can't talk the, about how young they were, like they're both, yeah. you know, under 10 wins at this time each. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then, of course, all the success that Nate's had, too, like that he's been involved with has been cool over the last few years. It's wild that we're in this position where like Nate's a bigger name than Nick yeah. right now, probably. I mean, that's that's wild. Um, and then when you mentioned Robbie Lawler against Tiki Gosen, I just have to throw it out there for anyone who who hadn't seen it 
or might not remember, that was one of the funniest things ever because <laughs> basically, like, Robbie Lawler knocks out Tiki, like, just destroyed him. And then after the fight, like, Tiki's got this gigantic gash on his head, and Tiki's, like, he gets on the microphone. Like, like Robbie Lawler gives him, like, all this respect on the microphone, and then Tiki gets the mic, and he's like, man, just hate to see this fight like that get stopped, stopped because of a cut. And, <laughs> and Robbie Lawler just kind of, like, shakes his head and smiles. He's just like, oh, okay, dude. Like, like Robbie's, like, too nice of a guy to be like, dude, I just knocked you the fuck out. What are you talking about? I cut. Like, um, but, uh, but I, I, yeah, this, you know, this match itself, too, it makes a lot of sense, right? Because it's like, Robbie Lawler hasn't looked great lately, but he isn't, he doesn't look terrible. Like, he doesn't look like he's, he looks like he's still a UFC level fighter. He just isn't, like, a championship level fighter anymore. Yeah. Nick Diaz, we haven't seen fight in six years. So, like, you know, personally speaking, I would have been fine if they just took Nick Diaz, just threw him right there and against Kamaru Usman and just been like, fuck it, like, super fight. <laughs> um, but but that probably wouldn't have gone too well for Nick. He would have made a lot of money, though, which is, like, at the end of the day, I think more important to him than anything is, like, just making sure he's getting paid a lot for this. Um, and I'm sure a lot of it has to do with him being a martial artist and wanting to compete and all that again. But at the end of the day, like he wouldn't be doing this if he didn't think he was going to get a big payday out of it. Like, cause that's a bit, that's been a thing for the Diaz brothers forever. Like they're as real as it gets. Like they throw down, they have some of the most exciting fights you'll ever see, but like they know what their value is. And like, they're not going to be doing that shit for free. So like, I think that, you know, I think this match makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons because I think Nick will get paid a good amount of money, especially with this being on a pay-per-view with two title fights. It's a winnable fight for him, and it's a winnable fight for Robbie. Like, either guy could win this one. Um, in all honesty, just because we haven't seen Nick in six years, like, I think Robbie Lawler is probably the smarter prediction. Yeah. But yeah. I'm not going to pick against Nick Diaz. I'm too biased. Like, I've been wanting to see the guy come back for, you know, since the, since the second he left against Anderson, I've been wanting to see him back. And um, I just feel like, you know, I just feel I. It's one of those things where it would it would be kind of sad to see him come back and then just get like knocked out by Robbie Lawler or something that everyone's just kind of like kind of like Heisenberg at Breaking Bad like at the end where they're like oh, you shouldn't have come back Mr. White like you know what I mean it's like dude you you know maybe you just shouldn't shouldn't have tried this again but if he comes back and he knocks out Robbie Lawler or looks really good in a victory he probably gets a title shot next like they'll probably just streamline him straight to something really big. Because he's Nick Diaz, he has a big name, and they'll be able to say, well, he came back, he beat Robbie Lawler, former champion, and he's right back in the mix now. So there's a lot riding on this, um, and it depends on how he looks. Like, even if Nick looks decent and loses, at least there's the hope there of, like, oh, maybe he'll stick around and, like, keep fighting for a little while because he still looks good. But you don't want him to come back and look like BJ Penn or something. You know what I mean? Like, that would just be sad. Um so that's where I'm at with it, man. I mean, I'm going to take Nick Diaz. I'm going to have to just assume that he looks as good as he has. One advantage he is going to have that's either going to be a big advantage or a big disadvantage. He's either going to have quote unquote ring rust or he's going to be like healthy, healed. You know what I mean? Like his body might be in like the best shape it's ever been because he hasn't been putting it through hell for the last six years. Um, so there's a lot of factors in this one and a lot of unknowns, but I'm taking Nick Diaz, but I think in all honesty, it's like a 50-50 coin flip as far as a prediction. Yeah, I would have to I'd have to agree that Robbie probably should be a slight favorite because he's been active and because again he's losing to, you know, Colby Covington decision, Neil Magny decision, that weird Askren fight, RDA decision. And you know, the last time he was finished was that Tyron Woodley fight. We both were there live to see and we both will probably never forget. I'll yeah. never forget that shit. Um so that was the last time he's finished, man. And again, again, Nick never won really to finish on the hands. I mean, unless it was a deep run, he's not going to blast you with one. It's more of a pepper, 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 the cardio by the third, fourth, fifth round or whatever, especially when he was at strike force champ again. I mean, he's just wearing you out in 15, 20 minutes. Um, this of course will be a three round fight. My gut, I, I my gut says to take Robbie, but I think I would not be shocked if Nick Diaz wins this by decision. Um, I say that because of the last thing you said. I, I'm I'm curious to see how Nick looks. I don't think there's ring rest is so hard to guess, but 
being someone that's fought so much in his life, I don't think that'll be an issue. I think he's going to come back well-rested, great cardio as always. I I think Nick, again, I probably should say Robbie, but I think, I think Nick Diaz winning this by decision isn't a crazy thing to say. Um, I wouldn't be shocked, too, if what if Robbie kind of unloads the clip in the first round and Nick does maybe – pepper away there in that third round who knows man like there's just so many questions coming into this but uh again i'm with you i'm gonna go nick probably more of my uh my heart than my brain um but i i am and i think we we see a excited nick diaz to be back fighting yeah and and that's part of it too is like i don't know over the six years like how often he's been like training or like but you know he's been involved like sure. the, the only thing that ever like kind of worries me is when you see all these videos of him like partying for like weeks at a time in Vegas and stuff like that. But like that's also been a couple of years since yeah. he's probably like really doing a whole lot of that. It, it seems now again like I, you know he's we don't know a lot about he's again private person, but it, the little bit of that countdown it seemed to be he's kind of left that in the back. The the going out drinking all the time. He's kind of teaching more um, at, at uh, you know Caesar Gracie Jiu Jitsu. So it, it seems to me, again, a little more mature, and I do. I think it's something that we all love, love or hate Nick Diaz. You know he has a love for the sport, the art of martial arts, and I, I just don't think he's under, you know, underestimating this, this moment. Um, again, I, I could be far off. Who knows? I just think that's what my gut's telling me, man. I, I think he's, he's kind of very motivated to be back in here, especially with a guy that you know he respects, and and there's just plenty of uh, of story to this. I really, I can't wait to see the weigh-ins or whatever, whatever they do, because I want to see how Nick reacts to the crowd and with Robbie, because it seemed again a little more respectful. Nick Diaz. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. I mean, and there's no reason for him to have any disrespect towards Robbie either. Like, I mean, no, he's, you know, so it's so there, it would just be kind of forced outside of like you know. They're the kind of guys who take everything like really, really personal leading yeah. up to a fight because like it's going to be a fight. But um, but I also think it'd be great to see just like Nate. I th- I think it'd be great to see Nick up there on the on the scales or whatever with a fat joint in his mouth and just be like, <laughs> "Fuck you, motherfuckers!" Like I know y'all fucking this was a big problem before and blah blah blah. If y'all got a problem with it, fuck y'all. Like you know what I mean? I'm gonna smoke weed right in your faces now. My brother does it. A lot of people use CBD. A lot of people use THC. Like. This is not a fucking problem anymore. Y'all got motherfucking cannabis sponsors now for the UFC. And I was getting exactly. suspended over the shit. Um, but, um, and also, you know, obviously he stays active from the sense of like, you know, I know he obviously, he continues to train, but I love hearing the stories about the Nick Diaz army. Like, you'll hear these stories about people like, uh, like that AJ as Asgaram or whatever his name is um, mm-hmm. and stuff that they train together. Basically from what I understand, like, and this has never really ended. It's been just going on for years, even when Nick's been away. And of course you have that whole, you have the guys that they train with and they got, um, you know, you got Nate of course and stuff, uh, Joe Schilling and those kind of guys. Oh, yeah. And they'll, they all like, they're all, you know, the Nate or the Nick Diaz army to where like, apparently there could be nights where they're all just hanging out, like they're all just hanging out in a hot tub or whatever, smoking joints, drinking beer, blah, 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 go inside, play some video games or whatever. But it's always whatever Nick wants to do and they just follow. So like they could be in the middle of like a, a fucking, you know, smoke session where they're passing a bong around and Nick on a whim could just be like, all right, y'all time to do a five mile run. And they just be like, all right, let's do it. You know what I mean? Like they don't, like they don't even, they don't even question it. They're just like, whatever Nick says, like, you know, he knows how to get us where we want to go. So like, and he does it with them. He's never just like, Hey, everyone needs to get on their bikes right now. It's like, he gets on his bike and everyone's like, Nick's getting on his bike. We got to get on our bikes. Like whatever Nick's doing, like he knows what to do. So like, it's cool as hell. Cause like they have like all these guys, like, especially Nate being a great example. Like, Nate has basically just followed the footsteps of his brother, just mimicked everything his brother has done. And now he's one of the most successful guys from like a monetary standpoint the UFC's yeah, ever had. For sure. And uh, le- legit needle mover. Legit needle mover. Exactly. <laughs> went from went from not moving the needle, according to Dana White, to being a guy that they have to bend over backwards for to get into <laughs> that cage. You love um, to see it. And 
you know, and I, you hear it all the time too, with those interviews throughout the years where like, you know, Nick feels like he got Nate into the sport and he feels like some guilt about it. Like, cause Nate looks up to him so much, but like Nick didn't want his brother to have to fight for money. But like, now that he's in it, he needs to find a way for his brother to get out of it. And the way for his brother to get out of it is to make as much money as he possibly can. So he doesn't have to fight if he doesn't want to. And like, so like Nick, Nick's a very, and that's why I've talked about him a lot on the show. I, I, there's a lot of similarities in his mindset to like, I have being an older brother with a, you know, my, my brother, Brian definitely looks up to me and he's into, he's into combat sports. Cause I'm into combat sports. He's into a lot of stuff. Cause I'm into a lot of certain stuff. And if I ever fuck up and it's something that like I taught him about, then it's on me to figure out how to fix it. Cause it's right. like, I got him into that shit. So like, I need to figure out how to get him out of that shit. And Nick is, is very, very similar. And he's a guy who thinks very deeply about stuff. Yeah. Um, he's a guy who like, once you get him talking, he'll just go on and on about stuff he's interested about, but you got to like unlock it. Like he's like really to himself. But once he starts feeling comfortable, he'll really open up about stuff. And there's a really a lot going on in his head. Um, so he's just a really interesting guy. He's kind of an enigma. And, um, and he means a lot to the sport of martial arts. Uh, and, He's a guy who doesn't get enough credit because it's so fucking overshadowed by all this all this bullshit. The biggest win he's ever had in his career against Takanari Gomi technically never happened because yeah. of a fucking failed pot test. You know, it's like all these great things that he's done and all, all this stuff he's done for the sport and all these people who mimic his style. There's a lot of fighters who they would be lying if they said they didn't learn how to fight the way they fight through Nick Diaz or Nate. But that's basically learning through Nick as well because Nate's just mimicking Nick. So, like, all these fighters you see now who do that style of, like, the the 50% punches, but but going volume over power and then transitioning it into their ground game, like, dropping people, but then putting them in an anaconda choke or something. It's like, the, this was the blueprint that, that Nick Diaz came up with. And so he just means a lot to the sport. And he just doesn't get his fair, his fair due, his fair respect from the majority of the fan base, I feel like because of all the bullshit surrounding his name that really isn't that big of a deal, but it's made to to seem like it's a bigger deal. So, um, so yeah, at the very least, it's a win for me and the MMA community just to have Nick Diaz just back in the octagon again. It's just cool that we're going to at least see it at least one more time. Yeah, at least one more time. Uh, I, I'm with you, man. I couldn't be more excited. Um, definitely going to be on the lookout for any and all Nick Diaz content this week. Uh, come out of the UFC, bro. Can't can't wait to see these two back at it. Diaz, Lawler 2, uh, right there in the middle of this five-fight main card. Triple main event, as we mentioned. That's got, it's, it is. It's, that's what it is. Uh, fighting in welterweight, man. Uh, can't wait for it. We both are on the Nick Diaz train. We're both big-time Nick Diaz fans, just Nick Diaz brother fans. But uh, as Steven was just saying, man, like, it all goes back to Nick, bro. So I uh, can't wait to see him back in the cage. Um, a couple more of these main card fights, and then Steven's going to point out uh, a couple of bangers on the prelims as well. And then uh, and then we'll be out of here, man. Uh, but we've, uh, you know, a couple more on a UFC 266 main card this Saturday, September 25th, from the T-Mobile Arena in Vegas. Uh, next up is a heavyweight scrap, bro, and scrap in, like, all caps because – Curtis Blades and and Jerizy Enyo Jerizy Enyo Rosenstrike Rosie scrapping bro. Uh, the last time we saw Curtis Blades, February of this year, Derek Lewis with that knockout um, in the second round. Rosie hasn't been in the cage uh, a little more recently. He's actually been two fights this year for for Rosenstrike. A, a loss back in February to Surreal Gone, and then. The performance of the night finish over uh, Augusto Sakai back in June, just a few months ago. Um, both main events for Rosen Strikes. So shout out that guy, bro. Um, of course, heavyweight man. You know, Blades wants to wrestle. Rosie wants to put you down. Um, I'm excited for it, man. I think we see. I think we see Curtis Blades do Curtis Blades things in this one. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with. I think Curtis Blades is going to want to do Curtis Blades things. And what you mean by that is wrestle him. Yes. But I think it goes very similar to his fight with uh, with Derek Lewis. I think Rosenstrike catches him. Just catches him. Yeah. I mean, Ooh. I think Curtis I think Curtis Blades is a more well-rounded fighter. I think Curtis Blades definitely has an advantage grappling. 
Um, but if Rosenstrike can just do the same game plan that Lewis did, I think he could have success and knock him out. Um, Rosenstrike's a really tough, he, he's an interesting case because he's just one of these guys where like, he has a very limited skill set, very similar in a lot of ways to Derek Lewis. I'm comparing the two a lot, but it's because yeah. there there are a lot of similarities there in their game plan and their style. Like Rosenstrike, I think is totally fine with the idea that he he is not a good wrestler like but he doesn't care because it's like it's same with lewis you know they they it's a very one-dimensional game plan but the game plan pays off enough that and more and often enough that it's just like you know they just stick to it i mean even even uh when rosenstrike uh beat alistair Overeem, he did that with literally like five seconds left in the fight like yeah. he was getting beat up the entire time, but he still had that one punch KO power at the end of the fight and he landed the punch. Um, so like I said, Curtis Blades, more well-rounded fighter, has a lot more ways to win. Um, probably the smarter actual prediction on paper, but I think that Rosenstrike could implement the same game plan Derek Lewis did and uh and get a knockout on Curtis Blades. So I'm gonna go with Rosenstrike. Bro, heavyweight scrap, blades, Rosen strike. Um, we're split on that one. Should be good times there. I think a finish. Wouldn't be shocked to see a finish either way, uh, especially if blades can get on and, and really use that wrestling and some ground and pound. But would not be bummed uh, to have another uh, flash knockout for Rosen strike. Which, like you said, man, you look at you look at his win losses, and that's all it is. It's just like just knockouts. All these green wins are just knockouts. So um, wouldn't be shocked, man. Big time heavyweight scrap. The, uh, the 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 final fight on this main card we're going to talk about actually the opener of the pay per view women's flyweight scrap as well just like our co main Jessica Andrade Cynthia Calvillo bro both names jump off the page um, both are, are names that we've seen the UFC push uh, it feels like a, a big fight even though we know Jessica was just in there for the title um, with Valentina and lost back in April was finished again in the second round. Um, a lot of, you know, three out of four losses now for Jessica, though, losses to, I mean, the cream of the crop of, of their divisions. We're talking uh, Zhang Wale, we're talking Thug Rose, and we're talking uh, Valentina. So big, uh, big names uh, to lose to, which is which is why I think I'll probably take Jessica in this because of, you know, of again, we, we say it, I think, um, every now and then on these fights, you know, you're losing to the cream of the crop. You're, you're probably still going to beat a lot of these other uh, competitors. Yeah, I feel the same exact way. Um, cool. Yeah, I mean, I think Andrade, like Shevchenko, you know, beat her up, but it's, I mean, it's Shevchenko. It's, exactly. And she had, her, and, you know, she knocked out Rose with that slam when she was trying to put her in that arm bar. Yes. Um, and, you what know, won, won the strawweight title. I mean, like, and I mean, like you just mentioned, her only other her only other losses, Wiley Zhang and Rosemont Yunus. I mean, it's like and the Rosemont Yunus loss was a split decision. I mean, she's yeah. had and Rose is the champion again. So it's like Andrade could very well wind up back in a position like that. Now, granted, it's a different weight class, but Andrade, like if, if the UFC has proven, like it doesn't really matter what weight class you're in. If you're ra- if you're racking up wins and you're close enough in weight, they're willing to just have you jump jump divisions and get title shots so um as far as on and flyweight goes i mean you know we talked about uh murphy and chuchenko earlier i think it's really smart to have uh, this on the same show you have andrage and you have calvillo if calvillo wins she probably gets the next title shot um andrage i think would be better served where like if andrage wins I don't think that they can really sell a rematch between Andrade and uh, Shevchenko so soon because it was so one-sided the first time. But if Andrade wins this fight against Calvillo, she could potentially make a case to the UFC that like, hey, give me one more big fight over at Bantamweight and let me earn a rematch against Rose for that title or something. Um, Especially depending on how the strawweight division continues to unfold. So it's, it's a really big, like this could... Oh, so basically, a win for Andrade, I think, positions her as a it establishes her as a contender at bantamweight and at feather or at flyweight. But um, a loss really, really hurts her because she's already lost to the champions at each weight class. Calvillo is in a position where, like, it's kind of now or never as far as 
like if, if she beats Andrade, she's probably gonna get a title shot, like I said. If she loses to Andrade, then she has to get another win and like hope that all these women that are also in the top 10 are also losing, but there's just a bad spot to be in for all of them because it's just going to be perceived that Shevchenko is just so much better than all these women that like no one's even going to want to really care that much. So it's, 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 it's a really big fight for both. Like both really, really need this win to, to keep like their relevancy and be in the title mix. Um, that said, I am going to take Andrade. I, I think she, you know, like you said, she's lost to the best of the best. She has really, really sick knockout power. Like the body punches she landed on Chukagan to knock her out were nasty. And that was really early too. Like that was the beginning of the, that was the, the first round. Like, so I'm going to go on Drage. Um, I like the matchup a lot though, but I got to, I got to go on Drage. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I just, I think again, those are, those are very, very good losses. Nothing against Cynthia Cavillo. I just, I just think Andrade is a little bit, a little better right now. That's it. Uh, but still, a great fight to kick off a pay-per-view UFC 266 <clears throat> T-Mobile Arena this Saturday, September 25th. Uh, a couple of big fights in the prelim card, man. I know you wanted to highlight. Yeah, I'll just throw these out there real quick as we're uh, as we're wrapping up. We have Marlon Marias against Marab Davishvili. Um, Marias coming off of losses to Sanhagen and Font, both by knockout or technical knockout. Uh, before that, a win over Jose Aldo split decision, but that was so close that Jose Aldo wound up getting a title shot after losing to Marias in that one. <laughs> um, I was there live at uh, 2.38 when Marias knocked out, or when Cejudo knocked out Marias. That was the same show as the Shevchenko, um, Shevchenko knockout on uh, on I that we were talking about. So... Yeah, Marais just hasn't looked great lately. He's been fighting really, really great fighters, though. That's kind of the problem, similar to Andrade. Um, Valvishvili, on the other hand, has won his last one, two, three, four, five, six fights, all by decision. So the way I see this is either Marais needs to win by knockout fairly early, or Valvishvili, you know, I think he grinds out a decision. And... I don't know where Marais' head is at. I don't know where his confidence is at. Like, he came into the UFC, you know, smoking hot. I mean, he came into the company uh, after his WSOF run, lost to a Sun Sal split decision, but then he went on that tear, beat Dodson, Sterling, Rivera, and a Sun Sal, all by, like, really impressive fashion. So, like, if that guy's still in there, like, I say, I think you go with Marais, but I I, I am going to take Davish Veli. I think that... He's looked really damn good lately. He's a grinder. Um, he's a guy that, unless Marias can just land really early, and Davish Valley like lets it happen, I, I just I think Davish Valley's just gonna outgrind him. So I'm gonna take Davish Valley um, over Marias. And then the other fight I wanted to highlight is Dan Hooker versus Nasrat Halpcrest. I'm really bad with his name. Mini Gastelum. Um, Dan Hooker, I mean, absolute beast. It's pretty wild that he's on the prelims. Like you'd figure he'd be like a yeah. like a main card or like fight night main event kind of guy forever now, considering, you know, his last two fights, Dustin Poirier was a main event. Uh and Poirier wound up getting, you know, obviously he's been getting a lot of big fights. And then you have um his loss to Michael Chandler, but that happened on, you know, the co main event of the Conor McGregor versus was it Connor Dustin one? Yes. I so, so. Uh, let me just double check that, but I'm almost, yeah. Oh, sorry. Connor Dustin two. I forgot they've done two. three of those. That's, that's right. right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but so like a lot of people saw it and great, granted it wasn't a great look for a hooker, but like a lot of people know who he is. Um, and he, and it's, it's sad that people are going to know him more for like that than like him just beating the hell out of like James Vick and Paul Felder and these guys. I mean, even though the Paul Felder fight was close, but like, you know what I mean? Like, He's had these like just total beast performances. The Gilbert Burns knockout, the Jim Miller knockout. I mean, so it's like I'm I'm a huge fan of Dan Hooker, um, but he has you know he's he's been on the roughest kind of patch of his career, and then you have Halfgrass who you know he's won his last two. He's really really solid. Uh, mainly grinds decisions, has some good knockouts though, but like as of late, mainly decisions. I think it's going to be the uh, the grappling of Mini Gaslam against the uh, against the striking of Dan Hooker. 
Uh, I think Dan Hooker just, he's able to pepper him up. I, I think Hooker rebounds here, and he really needs to. Even though it's Dan Hooker and he's had good fights, you don't want to be on a three-fight losing streak, even though it's the losses to really, really damn good fighters. Um, so I'm going to take a super motivated Dan Hooker to win that one. And that's all I've got. Oh, man, I'm excited. Prelims will be on ESPN. And then, of course, the main card, ESPN+. Plus. Definitely going to be watching this weekend. Can't wait to see Nick Diaz back, bro. Can't wait to be back, man, and talking about fighting whenever we do it again, bro. This was good, man. It's always good to uh, to chat pro wrestling, bro. But I've been missing, uh, been missing the chit-chat uh, about the scraps, and this was a hell of a card to come back to. So uh, thanks for having me back, man. Anyone listening and, and wants to, uh, throw me a follow over on Twitter at most K-O-B-K. Yes, sir. Good to have you back on the show. Like Mose was saying at the beginning, we've been doing some Twitch streams. So if you don't see a uh, an episode of the Fight Talk MMA show, uh, you could you know jump over to Twitter. We've been doing kind of Mondays or Tuesdays when there isn't like a ton of UFC stuff. Now, this upcoming week, we'll have a review of this show. So we'll be, we'll be back right here. But if you want to check us out on Twitch when we're live on there, make sure you're following me and Mose because we tweet the links out. And then also... Um, that's twitch.tv slash fight talk underscore. So it's the yeah. same as my Twitter, F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. So Twitter and Twitch, both the same. Uh, use code fight talk on independentwrestling.tv or iwtv.live. Check out all the great stuff going on over there if you're a fan of independent professional wrestling. Make sure to check out wrestlerumble.com. Uh, follow Wrestle Rumble on Twitter on uh, at Wrestle Rumble. They have a Extreme Rules Pick'em Contest for WWE show this uh, this upcoming Sunday. Top prize is $1,000, so uh, make sure to stay up to date with all their contests and giveaways at WrestleRumble on Twitter. And, of course, the website is WrestleRumble. Go ahead and get in on the contest. Win yourself $1,000 by watching some professional wrestling. Make sure to check out Music City Toys and Collectibles, their new retail location at 101 West Main, West Main Street in Waterton, Tennessee. They have a website, musiccitytoys.biz. Follow on all social media at Music City Toys. They are nice people. They give you fair business. They have all types of pro wrestling memorabilia. Awesome stuff over there. Once again, that's Music City Toys and Collectibles. Shout out to my brother, Brian Jensen, over on Instagram. Give him a follow at BoxingATL, B-O-X-I-N-G-A-T-L. He can help you in a wide variety of ways, whether you want to compete at an amateur or pro level in any combat sport, or you just want to lose a little bit of weight, learn some self-defense. If you have any kind of neurological issue, you have Parkinson's, MS, anything like that, Brian's certified in all ways. I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, what level you're at, what age you are, what what size, shape, skill level, doesn't matter. Tell him your personal goals, he'll help you reach your goals. It's that simple. Hit him up on Instagram at BoxingATL, B-O-X-I-N-G-A-T-L. He also owns Steel Boxing and Athletics, a gym in Atlanta, Georgia. You can meet him up there in person or he can meet you anywhere that you can do. Also can help you anywhere in the world through Zoom and Skype calls and stuff. So get a knockout workout without getting knocked out. Hit up Brian Jensen right now. And I think that's all the sponsors I've got. Um, Yeah, anything uh, from you before we uh, we sign off? And once again, y'all, we'll be back this next week, probably on Monday, uh, to recap UFC 266. Oh, yeah, man. Can't wait. Can't wait for the fights. Yes, sir. So for Jumpin' Johnny Mosley, I've been Steven Jensen. We'll be back next week talking some more mixed martial arts.